Hello there. Don't be alarmed. We're just preparing your listening device for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. We do this, of course, by filling the radio with water. Don't worry. We're professionals. Thanks to me, you won't even get wet. You see, I've crammed every appendage of my body into the cracks and crevices of your radio, ensuring an airtight seal. By the way, don't touch your on-off knob. That's a very sensitive area. Anyway, I should remind you, we believe in the buddy system just like diving, so don't listen alone. Call your buddy and tell them that Scuba Radio is about to begin. We're going to start a new life under the sea. So, uh, am I going to drown? Of course not. Just stay calm and let the gentle currents relax your every muscle. Under the sea. Under the sea. Did it just get warmer? There'll be no accusations. Just friendly crustaceans under the sea. Where the hell are the sharks? And now, here's your dive guide for Scuba Radio, Greg the Dive Master. And welcome. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. We also happen to be the uh, most downloaded scuba theme podcast in the world just because we've been doing it so long 26 years and still sucking on air go figure and uh it was because this guy didn't share his true thoughts on uh the show when i first invited him to be on the show many many years ago that would be neil watson the dive god who who got off the phone with me after he agreed to be on the air and called up captain slate down in the keys like hey there's this guy who's doing a radio show about diving really nice guy but that'll never work so luckily he kept that to himself for the first five years and uh didn't uh you know rain on my parade so here we are 26 years later so neil thank you and it's good to have your uh have you on the show today well of course of course i i give credit for your success uh, having me on every every couple of weeks that so. never hurts when that, you're talking to the dive yeah, god that, that's, that's like you, an that's upgrade why sur- that's why you survived exactly uh, exactly uh, take uh, credit because uh, all uh, the credit uh, goes to you my friend okay yes <laughs> so uh anyway uh we got a lot to talk about i, I got a little extra time today so i want to dive deeper with the dive god that's always a treat on many levels and i i know we're both pretty excited that uh we're just uh i mean look uh what, what we're we're a month away from the dema show in new orleans first time in 22 years are you excited like me or what neil oh man i am i this is going to be i think it's going to be a better year for dema yeah um uh, new orleans used to be in the regular rotation it used to be orlando vegas in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and then um, and then I think the hotels got too expensive and whatever, and then of course that hurricane incident, whatever. But it was always always the favorite venue um, of of all of the the, the Diva venues. The 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 count the uh, the Vegas show is is perceived as a West Coast show, so you get all of the people from the West Coast and from the Pacific. And of course, Orlando, it's East Coast, so you got all the East Coast drivers right. and the Caribbean. Whereas New Orleans, it's kind of neutral. It's everybody's friend, and everybody's excited about being there. And I can't wait. Yeah, you know, uh, 22 years. I couldn't believe it when I, I looked it up last week because I was thinking, oh, it's been, what, maybe 15 years or so. And then I actually checked in with the folks at Demon and said, no, this is the first time in 22 years we've been in New Orleans. I'm like, wow, time flies so much. Because when we did the uh, Demon show in New Orleans, I will say they were – 
you know, obviously some of the first demos that we did, uh, you know, uh, opening the show for Scuba Radio, and we had all these crazy contests, and we were doing things that, thank God, no one died. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we were doing crazy crap back then. Not that it has, uh, you know, tamed down too much uh, recently, but but back then, I remember there was one time we did these uh a scooter race remember they used to have those like razor scooters that were all the rage and and so we had gotten a, like three or four of these scooters and i pulled up uh three people out of the audience and we had a race there on the show floor the dema show floor in new orleans and whoever you know finished uh in first would win like a big trip to the bahamas or something whatever we we're giving away that t- uh, that particular time in New Orleans, and and I thought this will be great. It's visual; everyone will love it. And sure enough, it created a huge crowd, and we got the down to the two finalists. And and I'm looking at this, and I they're doing these old, you know, these razor things, you know, these scooters that you have to push with your feet, you know, on rollerblade wheels, and they're going on carpet, and there's wrinkles. And I'm looking at the course, I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> and I'm thinking this could end horribly wrong. And and sure enough. Uh, all right, one, two, three, go. And they take off down the carpet and they got to go like a, I don't know, a hundred yards or something. And sure enough, they're hauling ass and one of them just takes a header and starts rolling off. And I'm like, Oh no, you know, it was, it visually, it looked amazing. It was like watching NASCAR and a, you know, an accident or something, but I'm thinking, uh Oh, somebody's going to get sued. And, uh, you know, everything worked out. Okay. Nobody got hurt, but it it looked. Terrible. That, that 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 same year, the Bahama Diving Association and Bahama Ministry of Tourism hosted a big party at the aquarium, right, in New Orleans. And I know we, we were giving away T-shirts and throwing them from about. And I mean, it was it, we almost had a riot. It was like <laughs> we kind of created a monster. It was yeah. like. It, it was, was before we knew any better, you know. That's right. That's, that's right. That's uh, my excuse. We know better now, but we do it anyhow. That's right. The yeah. We have some uh, guardrails in place to keep things yeah. from getting too insane. But I don't know. It's yeah. New Orleans. It could be a, you know, we could uh, revert back to our old ways and make things even more uh, entertaining. I mean, actually, last time I was in New Orleans, I've told this story before, but I saw a ghost. I saw a ghost that knocked on my door there at the uh, at the hotel we were staying at uh, the last night of the Dima show. Uh, you know, the guys in the room were saying, you know, Greg, uh, what's wrong with you? Cause, cause basically we had just turned off the lights to call it a night and I hear a knock at the door, someone trying to get into the door and sure enough, the door opens up and there's a little girl. I can see this silhouette of this little curly headed girl. And I'm like, kid, you're in the wrong room. Get out of our room. And, you know, I'm yelling at her and, and she shuts the door and I'm like, golly, that's a pain in the butt. Right. And then next morning I go check out and, you know, I told the guys, I said, yeah, that kid came into our room. How stupid is that? He's like, what are you talking about, Greg? What are you drunk? And I'm like, no, I wasn't drunk. We weren't even asleep yet. You guys didn't see that? I'm like, no, you're out, you're out of your mind. So I asked the lady at the desk. I said, Hey, you have ghosts. At this hotel, it just it just got brought up because you know it's a thing, right? In New Orleans, they have ghosts. I don't, you know, and uh, she goes, "Well, no, no, that's a big myth. We don't really have ghosts, except well, some people do report about these two kids that are making racket in the in the hallways and they're playing and making noise and stuff." I'm like, "Uh oh!" <laughs> and it just hit me. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I saw a ghost!" 
Now, I didn't realize it. I was just annoyed with her, <laughs> you know, that she come in my room. Then I thought, wait a minute. How did she open the door? She didn't have the key to the room. Well, she's a ghost, of course. That's how she got in. So there you go. Well, Greg, I'd, yeah. I'd be careful. I'd be careful starting a rumor that a little girl was in your room, but she was really a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd stay away from that, pal. Well, for what it's worth, she never walked through the threshold of the door. Okay, I could only right. I could only see her through the you know the backlit. I could just see her silhouette. Get the hell out of my room, little girl. Yeah. So Actually, I did. I did one of the ghost tours. When yeah. I was there the last time, I, I kind of got sucked into it with a, with a group and was really dreading it. Mm-hmm. I had a ball, man. I'm Dang, you, it's the place to do it. That, right. It was to have some fun. You 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 take one of these scheduled ghost tours. Of course, there's adult beverages involved. Uh, there might uh, be a hurricane or two. I, uh, that yeah, is the concoction yeah. that they have uh, there yeah. on uh, Bourbon Street, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you, you mix that up a little bit, God knows what you'll see. You'll be having a real-life adventure of, like, Scooby-Doo, and the yeah, and the yeah. guy in the full commercial diver outfit will be chasing you down the streets of New Orleans. <laughs> and uh, who knows? Yeah, you know, that's what could happen, you know, uh, you know, in the evening hours of uh, the Dima show this year. I, I think that's one, just one of many reasons why everybody's going to want to be there. You think, Neil? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes it just that much more fun. Right. The, the the restaurants and Bourbon Street and, and the music and it's just it's just an amazing figure. I love it. Just a month away, Demashow.com. Check it out. We got more with the Dive God next on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. This is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. Bula. You'll hear that a lot when you visit Fiji. It's more than a greeting. It's the spirit of this friendly country. With 333 islands, white sand beaches, and year-round tropical warmth, it's hard not to feel happy at this exceptional dive destination known as the soft coral capital of the world. Fiji Airways has a modern fleet of aircraft to take you to Fiji in style and at great prices. Contact your travel agent now or go to FijiAirways.com and plan your Fijian dive adventure. That's FijiAirways.com. Come as a guest, leave as a friend. It's a philosophy that comes from the top down at Explore Ventures Liveaboards. It doesn't matter if you're traveling solo with a buddy or group. Explore Ventures does the liveaboard dive experience right. For proof, no Explore Ventures has one of the best repeat customer stats in the dive industry. They're also the official liveaboard company of Scuba Radio. You've likely heard us talk about Explore Ventures Scuba Radio Scuba Cruise trips many times, and we invite you to join us on the next one. However, whether we're on board with you or not, I'll bet an Explore Ventures liveaboard trip will be one of the best dive experiences you've ever had it just doesn't get any better save us in kits turks and caicos the galapagos maldives indonesia humpback whales and the silver banks new destinations and itineraries are being added all the time call one of their talented travel consultants to find the explore ventures liveaboard experience that's just right for you 1-800-322-3577 that's 1-800-322-3577 or visit exploreventures.com that's exploreventures.com hey baby What's going down? Later, nerd. Are you lacking with the ladies? Nope. Enhance your scuba superpowers with a new scuba radio hat. Wow, nice hat. Just picked it up at scubaradio.com. Buy two scuba radio hats and get free shipping. Need a dive, buddy, sexy? Always. And I got a scuba radio hat for you, too. (sighs) New scuba radio hats are now available at scubaradio.com. So cool. Order yours today. Or... 
Stay a loser. Surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. Germany is a friendly, courteous, laid-back island. We've always been a place where open arms to strangers, and that's why we had so many notable characters to visit our island over the years. Come to Bimini, oh please, come to Bimini. Come to Bimini, oh please, come to Bimini. Bimini, everyone's in the sun. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. I'm chatting with the dive god who pretty much started, he pioneered diving in the the islands of the Bahamas, specifically the island of Bimini, which is one of my favorite places on the planet. We've had many great adventures there, and uh, this is an awesome time to go to that island, which happens to be also the closest Bahamian island to the United States. Right, Neil? miles from south florida fort lauderdale and miami yeah yeah from uh, orlando it's closer to go there than it is uh key west so you know it's uh quite uh quite an easy access place to get to and and you feel like on uh, you'll feel like you're on the other you know side of the world it's so different you know that that's one of the big misconceptions people assume well if it's 48 miles from south florida it's got to be just like an extension of South Florida. Right. And nothing could be further from the truth. You can True. go to the Pacific. You can go to, to any Caribbean island, and and you're not going to find a more remote, fun, uh, uh, cultural destination than Bimini. Right. It's uh, it's just, man, I, I love it. Like I say, I started the first operation there in 1975, two years away from the 50th anniversary and um and and still love it and this is truly my favorite time a year to dive in the bahamas the fall september and october it's like the water's the calmest it's the clearest it's the flattest and mm-hmm. bad for me but great for anybody that goes our boats are like half empty because it's slow and um it's just just the perfect time to travel yeah i mean kids are uh you know back in school and i don't know if that's what does it but something for whatever reason the whole caribbean slows down september october but like you said that's when the the winds have still uh, they haven't kicked up quite yet for the winter season and you still have the lingering effects of uh you know the hot summer dog days of summer that have a tendency to uh you know let the the sediment uh, you know, settle. So you got great viz. You know, kind of, kind of like what we had in the Turks and Caicos a few weeks ago. Eh? We were benefiting from some of that, but that lingers all through October, and then you know the winds pick up a little bit, and then it's hit or miss. But you're still in that sweet spot right now, right? Exactly. It's not until like no around mid November that 
the cold fronts start passing through, and that's that brings your west winds and and your fronts with you know some sometimes some nasty seas, but it's rare this time of the year. And in addition to school starting, it's it's just not cold enough up north for people to to travel to the Caribbean. Right. So it's uh, and and it's you know it's for for twenty five years every year everybody would try to figure out some way to to make to make business better in uh, in September and October, and it just doesn't happen. So a lot of the resorts, um, Out Island resorts particularly, close from like Labor Day to Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and give all other people vacations during that period of time and do the maintenance and all of that. So yeah, yeah there's there's a lot of the resorts will be closed. We we stay open. Yeah, but uh, well, you're too busy. It, it slows down. Yeah, you're too busy. Hallelujah. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a good problem yeah. to have. Uh, yeah. Perfect. By the way, neilwatson.com or Bimini Scuba Center. Uh, look it up there online, and and you can book a place with Neil's son. Neil Watson Jr., or maybe you'll even see Neil over there. We're going to be over there at the end of Good December chance. at the uh, right. uh, worst case, if not sooner than that. But right and now, the hammer, yeah, the hammerheads will be running. Yeah, yes, well, they're coming in right now. They're moving into the area, maybe? They're they're on their way. They're on yeah. their way. I mean, we, we start, we, we, could, we could get them in November, but we just want to make sure everybody gets that money shot and gets to see them. Right. So we really promote it starting in December. But they're there earlier. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and of course the the dolphins, the the wild dolphin experience is year round. Right. The stingray, the stingray safari down at Honeymoon Harbor is year round. Of course, we got our wonderful Caribbean reef sharks. Uh, they're there year round, and of course the uh, the bull sharks are in uh, cruising up and down the harbor. Yeah, they're back as well. Okay, so, so uh, yeah, what what is it uh, that brings in the tiger sharks? Which what you guys are really known for, get all the publicity for. But like you said, there's so much more there to offer. But but the the great hammerheads, and we're talking like ten footers, twelve footers, yeah. even tiger sharks come in too. But yeah. what is it about the area? Have they ever figured out why they're coming in at this time of year every every time or what? You know what? It's it's I don't know they. Yeah. The the shark lab is is it possibly for breeding, mm-hmm. uh, transitioning, you know, to cooler water. Um, they're not sure. And and what's crazy is is I was there probably twenty five years, and they were there that whole period of time, and didn't have a clue because they're in twenty feet of sand. Right. And who goes diving in twenty feet of sand? You know, mm-hmm. it was just a coincidence that the shark lab. Some of the some of the guys working at the shark lab on their days off said, "Hey, let's go out and see what else we can find because they cater primarily to living sharks." Right. So they started doing feeds right out in front of South Bimini, and Hammerhead came in. They say, "Wow, this is incredible! I wonder if this could happen again." And they they started feeding, and suddenly they discovered that they they migrate in there, and they're they're there every year now. Go so, figure. Yeah. Yep. So it's uh, quite a treat. You know, we're going to do it again uh, in December. That'll be my third time, I think, at the bare minimum. Uh, but but right. And it never gets old. But what what a bucket list type of dive it is. Uh, but I love just going to Bimini, you know, just hanging out yeah. the top side 
you know, the atmosphere of what you get, all the people there are so nice and just wandering around on a golf cart on the island or, you know, going up to even to the resort there for a little gambling fun if you want to blow it up a little bit. But then you get out on the beach and just hang out by yourself, have a click. It doesn't get much better than that. The, the end of the world saloon. And, yeah. Uh, CJ is up on the hills from Carl Fritters. And yep. A, and a cold collect. Life is, life doesn't get better. Right. Yeah. That beach up there over the hill, that is one of my favorite places on the planet. There is no yeah, doubt. Call radio, call radio beach. And it's just spectacular. Okay. Just well, see, I didn't even know that. So that's why that whole uh, beach area is called radio beach up uh, over radio the hill. Beach. All yeah. right. Well, there yeah. you go. So put that on your list. That's something you can do on your surface interval or, you know, after your day of diving there with uh, Neil Watson and their crew uh, there in Bimini, you just uh, go retire for the evening and go up there, grab a collect, and watch the sunset. And, man, it is just a spectacular view. It just doesn't get any better. Uh, one of my favorite places on the planet. Neil, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for the update. Yes, sir. See you in New Orleans. That's right. Just a month away. All right. We got more coming up on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Just nine degrees north of the equator lies a cluster of islands that stretch for 600 miles in the Pacific Ocean. Yap, the land of stone money, provides a level of marine biodiversity, culture, history, people, and natural beauty that'll leave you in awe. With miles of unspoiled reefs and very few visitors, divers will enjoy having an entire reef to themselves. Plus, Yap's world-famous resident population of manta rays make for a bucket list dive experience that's great year-round. Plan your visit to Yap now by going to visityap.com. That's visit. Yap.com. Power, simplicity, reliability. It's what you demand of your dive computer. And Shearwater delivers. Shearwater evolved out of one tech diver's need for a reliable, easy-to-use rebreather dive computer and quickly became the tech market leader. Now recreational divers have taken notice. The Shearwater Peregrine is a simple, full-color, multi-gas dive computer. It's also the most economical Shearwater dive computer released to date. Check it out in the entire line at Shearwater.com. Shearwater. Dive computers for demanding divers. surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. Okay. Who wants to go down the creepy tunnel inside the tomb first? We're just going to wait here for a little while so things quiet down if you don't mind. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master, and I like to go down. Don't we all? As divers, we do. Uh, Unfortunately, sometimes things bring us down. And uh, this week, we've lost some big names 
uh, in the dive industry. So I've decided to connect with my friend Roz from the UK uh, and connect uh, across the pond with her right now to talk about this uh, briefly. But Roz, how you doing? Welcome. I'm very well, Greg. Yeah. Thank you. How are you? I, I'm good. You know, we we lost a, you know, we've been losing a lot of people in the dive industry uh, lately. Brett yeah, Gillum I'm passed not- away. I know he was ill for a long time, or at least for yes. several months, and he passed away this past week. A big tech diver, a magazine writer. He did, you know, everything in the dive industry. We've lost Stan Waterman in the last few weeks. Uh uh yeah what brian hemphill hemphill is that his name he was a big tech guy too right and uh he was a phenomenal cave explorer yeah he was a top cave explorer very respected very super nice guy and uh phil newton we lost him a few uh uh, it's been a little bit it's been like the first of the year phil newton and he was the man behind diver magazine and they just announced this week they're not going to publish anymore after like 46 years that's like, very sad yeah, because it's a highly respected publication. Yes, um, but that Phil was did a really good job with that, and the, exactly. the editors that he have chosen have done such careful, curated work with that magazine. And right. for that to fold after so long, yeah, that was I'm, his I'm baby. Very sorry to see that. So yeah. it's highly respected that magazine. No, no doubt about it. But you know, uh, things change, and that's the one constant in this industry, if not life, and you just have to move on and. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to recognize the people that made these contributions. And that's what I wanted to bring that up and just make people aware. If you don't know those names, Google them and you will be a better person for it for sure. So, so uh, we got that uh, taken care of. What's been going on with you? I mean, uh, right now you're actually, uh, am, I, am I forcing you to drink or are you just in a, a pub right now by chance? What's going on exactly? Um, no, I'm in a pub because uh, I'm just about to finish organizing a big event in the UK. Yeah. So um, we're bringing together divers that work in defense and it's different aspects of divers. And we're bringing them together in one room to talk about safety. Hmm. Okay, um, now when you say uh, 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 divers in the defense industry of the UK, so these yes. are people like on the front line that are, I don't know, uh, watching out for ships and harbors and things like that, or what exactly are they doing uh, in that? They do a mix of, of things, Greg. So yeah. we've got the Army and we've got the Navy, Yeah. Um, and then we've got the people that look after them, and then we've got people like the Health and Safety Executive, which is your OSHA, mm-hmm. um, coming into this, and we've got the Institute of Naval Medicine, um and Simon Mitchell, um Professor Simon Mitchell from the University of Auckland's coming across because he's going to discuss um Dr. Harry Harris's really groundbreaking dive that happened in Pierce early this year, where he did a two hundred and six meter, so um wow. six hundred and something foot yeah. dive into a six degree centigrade. So that's um about 18 degrees yes slightly beyond recreational limits i'm just going to throw um, it out but there. it was very cold water <laughs> yeah and very deep water inside a cave and he used hydrogen as the gas in his rebreather yeah and this is the first time it's been done so it's quite radical so simon's coming across to discuss that and present that to a new audience so that's really exciting i bet no doubt you don't want to do crazy stuff like that do you Roz? i know you're into that kind of thing but you wouldn't go that deep would you even uh, if I'm you not felt that you could, brave. not that brave, exactly. I'm not that brave. Let the younger kids do that kind of stuff, right? Well, and we'll uh, report back on how they do. 
But, you know, they're always setting new limits and things like that and going way beyond what we thought was uh, even possible five years ago. So it is pretty exciting stuff to learn about. So you're bringing uh, Simon over or he's coming over, he's giving a little speech about that. And then your your job is to kind of bring all these divers together in the U.K. and and just make them a little bit more informed and, and safer on doing other various tasks that they're doing for this defense project in the U.K. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Okay. Well, that's pretty exciting stuff. And, uh, I mean, I that, that's quite an honor uh, to, to have that position over there, too, I would imagine, isn't it? Do you feel a little overwhelmed or you feel proud or how, how are you handling all these these responsibilities? Actually, I feel really tired. <laughs> exactly. Which explains why she's in a pub drowning. <laughs> drowning um, so stars. I'm meeting up with a bunch of divers tonight, but uh-huh. basically I'm bringing everything that I've done with Eurotech and TechDive USA yeah. and Rebreather Form 3, and I've brought it into defense and um, mixing it up a bit um, to to help make our divers safer. Yeah, and, and really it is all about uh, just having them compare notes, right, and sharing information. So yes. uh, the more you know, the safer they will be. Uh, and yes. some of these uh, different activities that they have to partake in. How many people are we talking about? How many divers are, are you bringing together, um, you think? We're going to have about, um, everybody involved with this, it's about 250 wow. at the moment. Okay, so this is the first um, time. It's not everybody, but this yeah. is the first time it's happened. Right. Is this going to be an annual thing, or you'll just see how the first one goes, and that'll be the determining factor? Yeah. All right. So Simon Mitchell is going to have a presentation, and he'll talk about that yep. deep dive stuff. What other kind of things are you guys uh, uh, working through? I mean, exactly like um, so specific projects, or what have we got? we've got we've got things like what happens you, with your equipment following an incident. What happens forensically to it? So what happens when the experts get their hands on the equipment? How do they analyze that equipment? How do they check? It's to write a report to help determine what happened on the dive equipment-wise. Right. So that's quite important. We've got Gareth Locke talking about human factors, which is something quite key. We've got stuff on risk assessments. Um, What else we got? We got Kirk Croc um, talking about his work that he did on Avatar. Right, um, okay. And how he kept the Hollywood stars safe. So we've got a real mix of people in the room. That's pretty cool. Some different thinking. Yeah. Actually, uh, I know some of the people from Avatar are going to be at the DEMA show next month, too. But uh, Kirk's going to be at your coming. Are you excellent, Roz? That's good news. That's great to hear. Because uh, it's going to be a fun show in New Orleans, don't you think? Are you looking forward yes, to I'm it? looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to do a few things on Avatar, I know. And, and you know, one of the things Kurt and his team did was take those actors down. And I don't know, what what was it? Kate Winslet did like eight minutes or something, a static breath hold of some crazy amount of time. I don't know. It, yes. Have, have you already talked to Kurt about that and, and how he did that, how he uh, did that with her? Or you'll find out with the rest of the class when he comes and does his little speech for your thing. What do you think? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you got a few questions already lined up for him, it sounds like. Right? Yeah, and I suspect everybody else in the room will have questions as well. I'm sure. I'm sure they will. And now, all the projects that uh, these different divers are doing that you're bringing together, a lot of some of this stuff is probably like top secret, and you can't ta- tell us about it. Otherwise, you'd have to kill me or something. That kind of deal. Yes, right? and uh, something along those lines. Yeah, yes. is it pretty exciting stuff, though? Are you learning some pretty interesting things that are going on that you can't talk about, but you're like, wow, if we knew, we'd go, oh my God, that kind of stuff? What do you think? Um, I'll tell you what I am learning. Yeah. Which is stuff like 
importance of equipment synergy. So um, where you've got various groups diving in different centres, but they're regularly using these different centres, having the same equipment. So it doesn't matter whether they go to centre A or centre C, they've got the same equipment to dive. Hmm. So that means that they're familiar with it, they know how it works, how it fits, how to operate it. That is a really smart idea. Interesting. So they're using the same stuff from uh, operation to operation. They're like, hey, that's kind of like how I operate. I'm kind of like them. I'm like a super diver. Yeah, that's what I think. I don't know if Roz thinks that, but we'll find out more next on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. This is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. Breathe steady, old man. Prove you're not completely useless. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. Roz from the UK is connected with us across the pond right now, and we're catching up with her. It's been a while since we've had her on the big show, so it's uh, good to hear her voice and, and find out what she's been up to, which is quite a lot. Uh, you know, hanging out at the pub, she, you're not diving, so you might as well be drinking, right, Roz? That's kind of how it works. That's, that's pretty much a worldwide diver phenomenon, I think. Would you agree? <laughs> Yes, I think so. Okay, we'll go with that. But uh, I was telling her during the commercial break that I am planning a visit to go to uh, London next year. And I'm going to have a few few days in London town uh, proper, which isn't too far from where you are right now. You can hop on a train and be there where you are at the pub in two hours. Is that what you were telling me? Is that right? Um, so I am south of London. Yeah. I'm right on the coast. I overlook the Isle of Wight. Um, I'm in a historical place where it comes to diving. We've got the Mary Rose, which was Henry VIII's battleship, warship, mm, nice. that sunk. Yeah. And that was raised by royal engineers and by um, a lot of amateurs who did a profound amount of work to do it. And the muse- and the ship is around the corner in the dockyard um, on display now. Okay. Um, and I'm so I'm too, if I wanted to come and see you in London, I'd just get on my train and I'd see you in London in two hours. Right. Well, I like that. I mean, it, it, is it worth me coming down uh, south and uh, trying to fit a dive in uh, where you're at, or it'd be um, like, no, nah, you don't want to do this, Greg? Or what do you think? Uh, to be perfectly honest, yeah. um, we have our weather is changeable, so you never know if you're going to get to get a dive in. But uh, I'd love to show you some of the historical places around here well, to do with diving. Well, we'll see. Uh, anything's possible. Well, the the main thing is that we get together and hang. Uh, so that yeah. that's in the works. It's not till uh, much later in the year uh, next year, but it could happen. Uh, and I'll go visit Roz in the UK. But uh, but yeah, the thing you do typically, I mean, the the project you're working on right now with this group of uh, safety divers is is an offshoot from your main gig. 
They, they, did they yeah. recruit you from your main gig? So, so, so the main job that I do and the rest of my team do, we all do this, mm-hmm. is that we go out and we look at diving operations in this country and abroad and we make sure that it's been done safely and properly. So yeah. the equipment's maintained properly. The people are doing the maintaining are appropriate and experienced and trained, um, that they record it properly, that they're diving good air and we test the air. Hmm. Um, that they're sticking to the rules, um, that they've got insurance. Um, so this is a government they, regulation thing that you have over in the UK that we don't have in the US. Is that what you're telling me, kind of? Or or is it volunteer, uh, voluntary? Uh, well, we've got two kinds of diving in the UK. We've got um, recreational diving where yeah. you're um, going in and you're going down and you're swimming around for fun. Mm-hmm. And then you've got diving where you're diving at work. And if you're diving at work, that comes under a different set of regulations and rules. Oh. And so you have to be looked after if you are diving at work. Okay, so you're talking more like commercial diving applications, technical OSHA type stuff of what we would have in the U.S. Is that a yes? Correct. Okay, I gotcha. So uh, the people you're going to talk to and uh, monitor are like commercial dive operations in the U.K., right? And and overseas. Okay, gotcha. So, so you go and do this, and and then uh, are, do they like it when you show up, or are they like, "Oh God, here comes Roz"? Um, most of them <laughs> like it because actually, we take a look at their business for them, and we yeah. give them a report at the end of it, yeah. and we show them areas of recommendation for improvement, mm-hmm. and we show them areas that they're doing stuff really well, um, and we show them areas. We, it, it doesn't always happen, which is great. We show them areas where they are perhaps non-complying mm-hmm. and what they need to do to comply or what right. they need to think about for compliance. Yeah. How do you grade them? You give them like uh, two fins up or is there a grade scale or, or no, a number? It's, it's very black and white. It's yeah. a report, Greg. So you pass or fail, right? Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. But um, it just helps them because it's a fresh pair of eyes. Right. Walking in. Yeah. So, for instance, I can go and look at signage on buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, if you're in a business and you're running a business, you don't always t- have time to step back and look at your business. So, when was the last time you looked at all your signage? Is it actually up to date? Is it faded? Is it legible? Right. Are the telephone numbers still relevant? Do they actually work? Are the people on those sheets that you're putting up in various places, are they still employed? Have they left? Gotcha. All right. Well, so, yeah, an extra set of eyes just to make their business better. That's what you're really there to, not to make them look bad. You're there to just help them along just a little bit, right? We are never, ever, ever there to make them look bad, Greg. Right. That's unprofessional. Correct. See, she, you know, she's got it together. See, I would come in there and I would come up with some crazy rating or like, hey, you get two fins up. And there's something well, silly and like a little no, sticker. No. We measure against our Gold regulations. Star. So, okay. we, so, you know, we measure against standies, that, uh, paddy stands and procedures. We measure against BSAC safe diving practices. We measure against the Health and Safety at Work Act. Right. Um, we measure against the diving at work regulations, um, that okay. kind of stuff. Gotcha. These are definitive stuff that we measure against. Because okay. you, you, if you come in and go, well, I don't like that, and you have nothing to measure against it. That's subjective. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. You have to be objective. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, Roz is a professional. Um, not so much. Uh, but I do have a question for you. Since I am planning to come to London 
Roz next yep. year. So is there any diving right there, you know, by the London Eye? Other than, you know, the Thames River, you can't dive in that, can you? And I assume um, you could, but I wouldn't, wouldn't see anything. in the Thames River because right. it's a busy waterway. Yeah. Um, but what's you know, like I've the... got Raysbury, which is out by Heathrow, which is a training center, which okay. is a big gravel pit. Um, a but, gravel pit, like um, a quarry or something, you mean? Yes. Ah, okay. All right. So it's a big training facility and they have stuff sunk down in there like we have here stateside, you think? Yes. Like what kind of stuff yeah, they got Yeah, it's a bit like there. Dutch Springs. Okay. So they have like old cars and stuff or yes. buggies or God knows what else in the bottom of that thing. All kinds of stuff you can go dive uh, dive by, right? Yes. Okay. You've got those toys put in there that you can yeah. go and dive. All right. And then what, anything else uh, worth seeing or not so much? you got to go to the coast. What do you think? Um, I'd go to the coast. Yeah. And it depends on what type of time of year you're thinking of coming. Well, I mean, Scotland is phenomenal diving. Cornwall is dead pretty. Yeah. Dorset has got some iconic diving out of it. Plymouth, Devon, that's got some good diving out of it. Right. Um, well, you said we, the we, south is like a two-hour train ride. How, 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 uh, what, what's the, is that the closest coast from uh, downtown London? What do you think? Well, what, how long would it take um, you to get to the closest? Possibly, is it closest? I don't know. From basically, you're never more than seventy miles to the sea in the UK. Mm, okay. And I was out of Plymouth last month, and we were diving this ship, which was built in the States. And she was, I think, she's a Liberty ship. She's called the James Egan Lane, and she went down. And she's now really changing. She's drastically falling to pieces. And the guy I dived it with knows the James Egan Lane inside out and back to front. And we went down the bow. We went along um, the starboard side of her, down to the back end, did the hop across to the stern, mooch around the stern, came back through, penetrated right through the middle of her, past all the engines and everything, big shackles, lots of fish, lots of life, up to the bow where the anchor is, round the corner, back into the bow, up, and then we bailed off the bow. We bagged off, sent up our S&Bs, delayed S&Bs from the bow, and then drifted away from her. Now, that, that was an immense dive. And I've dived her since the mid-90s, and that's the best dive I've ever done on her. You sold me. I have uh, added that to the list, and maybe we'll do it next year. Roz, always a pleasure. Thank you for the update, and we'll see you in New Orleans here in uh, about a month. I look forward to it, Greg. Take care. Hour two of the world's first radio show devoted to diving is on deck. Stay close. Just getting started. If you want to stay in the know, if you be pressurized there, you'll want to be there on Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Scuba Radio. This seems the logical place for fish to congregate. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past editions of Scuba Radio worldwide over the internet at scubaradio.com. So we're in international waters? Indeed so. Tell a friend and buddy up with your radio every week for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Well, it's all very nice here, but we should be going. I miss me wife and me oxygen. Yes, we all miss our loved ones and gases. Let's go. The opinions you just heard on Scuba Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. Okay, you know, what I just heard... 
Blah, 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 blah. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management or advertisers. Come on, quit yanking me. Scuba diving does involve risk and should never be conducted without proper instruction and training. Oh, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could die. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at scubaradio.com. <laughs>